Welcome to another edition of the Final Whistle Podcast. Ben K. Marra, what's up? Back at it yet again. I mean, Ben had some technical difficulties, but we had to make sure he, he was available. So, Ben, how's it going, man? Considering I live and breathe on my laptop and I'm currently on my phone during this podcast, it, right. I mean, it's fine. Uh, it's a little stressful, but... I, this is a nice, this is a nice stress reducing activity that I'm very excited. And, uh, and, we haven't been back in a while. We haven't been, we haven't done a podcast in a long time. So it's it's been a while. Uh, obviously, a lot has happened. Uh, the Premier League has started. La Liga is going to start tomorrow as we speak. As we're recording this, August twelfth. Uh, I mean, actually, technically, La Liga did start today. We had a, we had a game of Osasuna against Sevilla, where Osasuna beat Sevilla two one, and so. I mean, we're kind of thinking of the big teams, but we, you know, we got, can't forget Sevilla is a, a, a top four team that we got to mention as well. No, absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of like the small games that are going to be interesting, but uh, that's what makes the leagues fun. That's what makes it fun. There's so much to talk about. I mean, on on the pod today, we're going to be talking about La Liga as it continues to grow. Barcelona has been controlling all the headlines for the last couple of hours, including myself, <laughs> who has been just like on eggshells, knowing if. Our players or our main players are going to get registered. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then we'll go into the Premier League talking about week, uh, match day week one. Um, some of the headlines include Alain Holland scoring a goal for Manchester City and Liverpool getting the draw. Who knows what's going to happen there? It's way early, but you know, we'll react to that. And then we'll talk about the MLS All-Star game that Liga Mackey's potentially could have some competition there. Uh, and then we'll get into our football hoops. So, Ben... Let's go to La Liga. Yes, as I mentioned before, Sevilla lost to Osasuna 2-1. But I want to focus into La Liga because Barcelona, as we talked about, has been one of the the main storylines throughout this whole transfer window. They're going to play Rayo Vanacano tomorrow uh, at 3 p.m. on ABC. I mean, Barcelona looks like they got most of their players registered. The only player that's not i believe will not be available joel Conde. so i mean this barcelona team what's your expectations coming into this new season i think the expectation is to win every single game will they do that probably not but they've laid the groundwork and they've brought in the players that they supposedly think they're going to do it i do think though that with everything that has happened today, all of the controversy trying to register the players before the deadline, and we right. saw Christensen, Kessier, Rafinha, and Lewandowski all got registered today. Um, so Barcelona almost completely unknowing if they're going to have those players. Yeah. While, yes, the big, big uh, boost for them to be in the squads, I yeah. think that hurts you a little bit. These guys coming in were thinking about even leaving at certain points when their contracts they weren't able to get registered. There was a few clauses in the contracts where they could just walk away and have never even signed. So I think there's so much surrounding the squad right now and the financial situation as well. Um, I think they're going to be distracted for the first few games, honestly. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think you use a great term that I, I probably have to agree with you as well is must win. I mean, this team really much gave up their future. Uh, I believe it's about... 49% of their La Liga TV rights and about 50% close to that of their Barca Studios percentage of their rights as well. And so, I mean, this team has put all their chips into the table, Ben, 
And as you mentioned, the only player that's not going to likely be available is Jules Conde. And yes, I mean, Chavi is going to have pretty much a job expectations for this team to win La Liga. I think they must have been win, win a trophy with the squad they assembled in the summer with the addition of Robert Lewandowski, who's going to probably, you know, get all the headlines, you know, win, lose, or draw. And then for me, Ben, I think another, you know, important point of this is, you know, how is these players going to match, right? The competition. You got in the midfield, you got Fred Kessian, you got Frankie de Jong, who's still uncertain he's going to be at the club. You have Pedro, you have Gabi, you got Busquets. Um, Pjanic, according to reports, is going to stay and, and try to fight for a spot. I mean, and then the forwards positions, you know, Fernando Torres just was announced he's going to be fit. And so Asufati, and then, you know, the players that you mentioned, I mean, there's so much competition that I think either it could be a good a good way or it could go a bad way. And so there's a lot of unknown at this Barcelona team. But, I mean, what's new with Barcelona, right? It, it's just going to be so crazy. Like, I mean, you look at the squad about 10 years ago <laughs> and nothing's the same. I, I do, though, want to say one thing really right. fast. The whole Frankie de Jong situation where they're now suing him or yeah. they're taking legal action on him is insane. The fact that they wanted this guy there and they were pretty much doing almost anything to keep him as well as PK and Neto, I think, was or Ter Stegen was a part. Like three vital guys this team a few years ago and yeah. even up to now. And they're taking legal action on them because they, they need funds and this is the only way they can do it. He's absolutely nuts. Um, and if I'm them, I'm not having it. Even Martin Braithwaite, when he came out into the stadium when they announced him and he got booed because yeah. he didn't want to leave because he's owed a ton of money. Like, uh, granted, he it's absurd amounts of money that he shouldn't get. He's owed so much money that no one's going to walk away from that, and the fans don't like that he won't step down. But if you were in that situation, you'd stay for the money. So it, it it's there's so many distractions. There's just too many distractions right now. You know what's so funny is like yes, I mean the Frankie De Jong, you know and has been such a, just a dilemma around this whole club. And I think hopefully we, as the transfer market ends and the summer market ends, we kind of get the answers to our questions of what's going to happen with Frankie Dion. But I kind of look at it as well. I mean, I mean, this club has historically, and as you look at it, Ben has not done a good job in departures with some of their iconic players. We talk about last year, I think Lynn Messi, we know what happened. That's arguably their greatest player in the history of, of their club. You know, the Maradona didn't go in good terms. Ronaldinho didn't go in good terms. I mean, they just don't know how a, a good way to get to say goodbye. I guess they they don't know what to do when these players are kind of towards the end of their prime or even not playing well. And so I think this is kind of similar to the De Jong incident where they just don't know what to do. And plus, as you mentioned, they just don't have the funds and they they're looking for anything that could do because they pulled four levers, palencas to try to get all of these players registered. As we mentioned, it's so much uncertainty and so much chips you're putting into your future. Uh, I mean, it's going to be real interesting to see what's going to happen with Frank Gideon. Well, then how do they sign? Like they're, they're going through all these hoops to register these players. Yeah, I mean... Then, they, then they're going to go out and sign Bernardo Silva in the next few days? Yeah, so that, that's the one that, that I think 
I really am not understanding this. I, I mean, you're you're stacked in the midfield position to begin with. You really want to add another player that I I mean, in Bernardo Silva. I I just at this point right now, I understand they're going all in, but there's a certain point where you just have to you know stop and not pull any more of these you know risking your future or selling some of these percentages because you just again you don't know what's going to happen. Not, I will say 10 years, it'll be fine. But in 15 to 20 years, you just don't know what's going to happen with this Barcelona team. Like, you don't know if Pedro's going to go. You don't know what Gabi's going to go. And I think this is another mention as well. I mean, you know, you get to a certain point, Ben, that you have to re-sign Pedri or re-sign Gabi because they're outperforming their, their current contract. And how are you going to pay that money when you're giving percentages of your TV rights and percentages of your studios? to other people. And so I think that's also concern that people, you know, fans may not think about it, but you know, if you're really following the club and following the team, you probably know that, yes, this is a short-term win, but maybe a long-term loss. It's just, it's just crazy. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, when we get to our MLS section yeah, about a certain departure from Barcelona uh, that I, uh, We'll definitely, get in, we'll definitely get into that yeah, and, and push. And we'll talk about that. But uh, I want to move on and talk about Real Madrid. Uh, the La Liga champions uh, made a couple moves, Ben. Um, still have a really good core in Vinicius Jr., Karim Benzema. They weren't able to sign Kylian Mbappe in the summer, which a lot of people were expecting he was going to do. He didn't. They reinforced their midfield. Again, Trenamoni. They also got Rudiger to turn the defense. And so... I mean, what's your look? Do you think this is an opportunity where Real Madrid could repeat as champions in La Liga in Spain, or do you think Barcelona will push? And how do you look at this squad? I think I think we talked a lot about it in March when we said when we were looking at La Liga and we said, well, if Xavi had a whole year with the team he has now, with the Fernand Torres, the Aubameyang, even the Adama at that time, they would still push Real Madrid and they'd make a chase for the title, right. but it's still Real Madrid. Um, and I think, I think it's going to be the same thing this year, but what I think is a little bit different is there's going to be a huge gap. not a huge gap. I would say a three to four point gap created within the first four to five games between Real Madrid and Barcelona because of these distractions. Um, yeah. Not saying Real Madrid got that much better. I think they just stayed, consistent and they brought in like you said i think rudiger is a, a fantastic addition fantastic um, addition especially when you're looking to fill in that gap that sergio ramos and even rafael Varane left because i can't yeah. even i mean it's militao and then who's the other center back at that point i mean they I can play alaba and now they yeah. have more flexibility to put alaba on the left you know they can put mendy they can they again they have options as you you know they added yeah. with rudiger and I, I think that – I think this – the whole back line shift, though, as well, frees up a yeah. player that no one really talks about is Danny Carvajal, where right. now you can play still, Furlan still Mendy. really solid. Yeah, you can play Furlan Mendy on that side, play David Alba on his natural left, and you rest Carvajal, who's arguably one of the best right backs we've seen in the past few years. So yeah, get in, getting that midfield in with Chiuamene and Camavinga and Valverde, now you have them kind of getting mentored by – the iconic Real Madrid midfield, Casemiro, Modric, and Cruz. And then just that front, that attacking force, like you said, no Mbappe, but 
you still have the Ballon d'Or winner for this yep. year uh, and a, a year older Vinicius. So they're fine. I think they're going to win it again. I think it'll be closer, mm. um, but it won't look as close oh. at the beginning. Uh, I before I, I you kind of spoiled it because we're gonna get into that, but uh, I mean this Real Madrid team, as you mentioned, I mean they're. I I think this is another point to be made, especially with their team, is you know they still have an experienced manager, Carlos Ancelotti, who, mind you, I think doesn't get enough credit for what he does in big games and big performances. We saw throughout his last tender what he did winning 10 round your title and and just helping this team kind of revise itself because it was like a 10-year gap in which they weren't winning the champions league and we know kind of what happened since then um they've just been tremendous in the champions league and carlos ancelotti just knows his players he's a great manager players coach and he's just really well he studies the shit and he's really helped benzema freed up a little bit more I mean, and I think Rodrigo has improved. Vinicius has improved. I think Valverde is still good. Uh, another year of um, uh, Cabarringa, who could potentially, you know, bring in another level. And then obviously the three that you mentioned. So I think they added pieces that really are smart signings. You added a midfielder, you added a defender to add a little more depth to your team with a World Cup coming up, Ben. And so this Real Madrid team still have Karim Benzema. And the only thing, the only thing that I will only look at is do you have that player, do you have, could replace Kareem Benzema when Benzema needs a rest, when Benzema may be injured? Because we saw, especially in the classical where Barcelona beat in Real Madrid and the Bernabeu when Benzema was out, I mean, this team really struggled. And so that's maybe be the only concern I have with Real Madrid is they may not have a substitute for Kareem Benzema or someone who could somehow, some way bring a, a, just a little bit more impact on the game when he's not there. Uh, I completely agree. I think that's the main hole in this team, uh, especially, I, I mean, you can't even say Bale fits the hole. <laughs> but like, like at a, in a certain point, Bale could have played that striker role. One player, right. though, one player that we none of us, both of us, have not mentioned is they have one of the greatest Premier League players of all time in their team, yeah, Eden Hazard. And we don't know what he's going to bring. I the from the clips we've seen of him in in preseason, he looks really good. Uh, he looks very fit. He looks back to his Chelsea weight and physique. Um. So that could, I mean, that right there could be your player. If you're looking for someone to create those goals, and I don't think he's the one who scores all the goals, but you get, I don't even, I mean, I don't know who they're, do they still have Diaz? Is he still At this there? point right now, yes, he's still on the team. So, I mean, I don't know if that's your best option, but. Yeah. I, I just think if you have Hazard playing at his best, all you need is just a body in the box. Um I mean, Fernando Torres, Demba Ba, like Samuel Eto'o, those guys made their money at Chelsea just poaching. Uh, same with Drogba when he came back. Same with Diego Costa. Hazard makes players better by just simply passing the ball into the space in front of the goal, and they just tap it in. So th- those are where your goals yeah. will come from. If he can get to that point, I don't know, but that's that's where the goals will come from if they can get him going. We'll see what happens, but I think Real Madrid expectations is still high. I mean, I also will say this, Ben, before we transition to Atletico Madrid, is I think they still have, for me, a fear 
of whenever you have a lead over Real Madrid away or home, that Real Madrid still has that fear factor coming back. I think that's still there. You saw it last year in the Champions League. I think you saw it in moments in La Liga. I think there's still uh, a belief that Real Madrid have and I think could help them repeat as champions. Yeah. Now, let's transition to Atletico Madrid, who arguably didn't make a lot of signings. They still have uh, Diego Simeone, who really has been critical of you know what tactic he's going to play. Is it going to be a team that's going to be very compact or a team very attacking? Uh, this Atletico Madrid team didn't really make a lot of moves, Ben. They get a couple players back. So, Negras comes back from Chelsea on loan. They get Alvaro Morata. Uh, who comes back from Juventus, and they did lose their number nine, Luis Suarez, who went back to Uruguay. So, I mean, expectations for this team. Do you think this has – do you think Atletico Madrid have any chance to compete with those two, Barcelona or Real Madrid, the top of La Liga? Honestly, I don't think so. I I just don't – I'm, like, looking at their squad right now. I don't see anything that really, like, jumps out, apart from yeah. my favorite player now, Rodrigo De Paul. Um <laughs> But there's really it's just bland. It it really <laughs> reminds me of Tottenham when I used when you used to look at that Tottenham team before Son, where you would see Kane, and that's really it. And it was just like you looked at the you look at the table every few weeks and you'd say, right. I mean they're in Europe, but I I think that's what's gonna happen. Um, and I think it's it might be time for Simeone to kind of step away from it. Um. I don't think they're really backing him much anymore. And I think that's very apparent in the transfer window. So, I, I mean, they're going to, I think they're going to make a Europe. Um, what I don't know. I think Sevilla is a very strong team this year. I think Valencia, if they can get Tim Weah, who they've been rumored with all day, yeah. um, I there. Think a very good team. Um, I, there's, I think there's too many good teams for them to guarantee Champions League. I'm not saying it won't happen. I think it will, but. Yeah, I, I think another big storyline today, too, is that Antoine Griezmann wasn't even on the La Liga website to be on the Atletico Madrid roster. So where is he in the middle of all this? No one knows. Um, he's your star. I mean, he's not what he used to be, but he's your star player. Um, so where he is, I don't know. But that, I mean, that's that's the kind of player you need to get fans excited to watch you play. Cause they're not the most exciting team to watch and everyone knows that, but they, they'll make Europe. That's, that's my prediction for them. Nothing, nothing less, but nothing ch- title challenging for them this year. Yeah. I was expecting more from Atletico Madrid, but I look at this team. Uh, the question is what style of play they're going to be, what team they're going to be, you know, using. I think the players that they have, once again, we talk about this every year and I think, I mean, he still has cachet, Diego Simeone, because of what he's done throughout his whole tender at Atletico Madrid, uh, winning La Liga title a couple of years ago. But I think sooner rather than later, Ben, we got to ask the question, I mean, does is he the right man at the job at Atletico Madrid? Because I think some of these quality players, Joao Felix, you know, he has to have another good season. You know, Antoine Griezmann, I mean, Thomas Lamar, I mean, you have so much options now that I think there's still a question of just what's going to happen with this team and what's the future because we saw, especially against Manchester City in that Champions League, I mean, it just was not, it was not, not a good look. And so, question is, can they perform in La Liga? Yes, I think 
You know, I think they'll get into the top four. You know, I think there's still plenty of room to grow, but I just, I'm not sure that style is enough to compete with those two at the top, especially what those two teams did in the, in the transfer window and adding to what they didn't have. And I think Atletico Madrid still just didn't do much. And so, you know, I, I think they're really are, as you said, they're just stagnant right now. I would put them third and maybe that's even fourth would be worst case scenario, but I think they'll get into Champions League football. No, I, I like to say we'll see what happens with them, but like we're not going to watch many Athletic Madrid games. Oh, so. I will. <laughs> oh, you will? Yeah. I, I, you know, sometimes, you know, I, it, it comes up and I have a day and watch. I mean, I mean, am I going to like, if I had to watch some other games and I put it as my first option? No, but if it's an option and I have time, I mean, I'm going to watch it. Can I, can I ask, would you yeah. rather, would you rather watch Atletico or would you rather watch an MLS game? I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that outlandish to say that I'd rather watch an MLS game. Now. I, I think, I think that's not a bad. It, it, it's funny you say that. I think I would rather watch an MLS game just because of the way Atlético Madrid. It depends on the the matchup as well. Yeah. Like if they're home, you're gonna see them go more on the attack. But on the road, when they if they score early, this is when you kind of know what's going to happen. But like, uh, yeah. I mean, it. it yeah. I, I guess you probably have to go with MLS. Yeah. If, if you're making me choose an option, I probably go MLS. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me happy because I I. I mean, for those of the viewers, I go on tangents after tangents on Twitter and about how MLS is going to be a top five league soon. So that Ooh, makes my heart warm. Someone I mean, would rather watch MLS. That, but that may be a conversation for later. But um, <laughs> Ben, before we um, wrap up this La Liga talk, who do who do you have as your winner, and what's going to be your top four uh, prediction? I think winner Real Madrid, and then okay. it'll go Barcelona. I'm picking Valencia. I don't know why. I think Valencia third. I think Afadi fourth. No Sevilla. Ooh, I like. I think I just I just like the Americans on it on Valencia. (laughs) I don't know why, but if they get, I mean, they do have Catuso, who's a very good manager. I think he did a really decent job at Napoli. Very good, decent job, and he added Nico Gonzalez from Barcelona on loan. they still have a couple of options here, there. I think they're still a young team, but I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. What about you? I will go with Barcelona's champions, Real Madrid second. I'm going to Atletico Madrid third. And then I have Atletico Bilbao fourth place. Wow. With the return of Ernesto Valverde on the helm at Atletico Bilbao, I think he has so much well, good experience in La Liga that I think that's good enough for a team like Atletico Bilbao. We remember they won the, the Copa del Rey last year. And he just had a manager who has plenty of experience and knows how to win it all. I think they get four. You know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. That's not a bad pick. I think it's going to be close for that fourth place because I think Raul Sociedad has a good team as well. Villarreal, Una Emery has a good team. I mean – and Rob Betis, who has another good team under Pellegrini. I mean, I think that fourth place is just going to be wide open. Maybe potentially even a Lithuanian Madrid could look out because that, you know, those teams are coming. I think they've added enough. I think they're very good teams. And out of those option teams, I went just went to Lithuanian Bilbao. I trust the manager and I trust the team that they had previously when you had someone like that who was very experienced and has won and know how to 
win La Liga the way that Valverde did at Barcelona. Eh, no, I respect it. Uh, and then finally, Ben, let's uh, who do you have? Pichichi, who's your top goal scorer in La Liga? I'm gonna. It's a cop out, but I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say Benzema. I don't see how he doesn't win it again. I, I mean, he's just. He's just an animal, and he, he finds. He doesn't even have like a, mm-hmm. you can't say like oh he's just a getting behind or like a hold up like he's he's everything. Um, I think it's gonna take Lewandowski a few games to really get used to this league. So I I think Benzema gets it again. I'm gonna go with Kareem Benzema as well, and not because I hope this is I hope they're scoring 30, 40 goals between like I hope it's a real like the home run chase that happened. I think that I never witnessed because I was too young and I wasn't <laughs> born yet. Uh I want something like that. So if they can give me something like that, Kareem Benzema scores one, Lewandowski scores another. I mean, they go back and forth at it. I mean, I think it's great options for us as viewers, but yeah, I, I have to go with Benzema, a little more experience. I think he's still the main man. Barcelona have other options, Usman Dembele, Rafinha. Um, you know, they have other players that could, you know, disallow Lewandowski to have more goals than Benzema because I think Benzema and Vinicius are basically your top goal scoring options. And so at Barcelona, that may not be the case, even though Lewandowski's the man. And so I got to go with Kareem Benzema, but I hope for a nice, nice, nice uh, Pichichi uh, race between those two. <laughs> so we'll leave it there. Uh, you can check out La Liga on ESPN plus. And you also guys, you can, everybody that's listening in, you can check out uh, my conversation with ESPN and Sirius XM host Yannick Mahalik on La Liga preview. If you're going to go listen on our podcast. All right, Ben, let's transition to the Premier League. I know this is, you're very excited. It started, uh, you know, I think you're just so much, and so much energy with the first week of match day one. So let's go first, go back to uh, the first week of the Premier League returning. I mean, what was your big uh, kind of storyline from the first week? Oh, I'm going to say it. Liverpool just lost the title race. You think it's over? A 2-2 tie against Fulham. They've already you think dropped- that's it? It's over? That's it? You think they're dropped- done? They dropped two points. Okay, here, here's what I will say. Playing a newly promoted side in the first two or three weeks, I think City are going to play. City played Bournemouth this week, so yeah. they'll kind of see it. But when you have a newly promoted side come in, all of them have no expectations. They're just going out there, so energized that they're back in the Premier League that they'll just do whatever it takes. And we saw that. And I think that was the first game I really can say. Anthony Robinson had a great game. Uh, yeah, But Liverpool dropped points to a new, a newly promoted side. Not just that they dropped points, but there was a point when they were completely out of the game. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was after the penalty. Yeah, it was a back-and-forth scoreline, but I don't think that gives Fulham justice. And I think the commentary team said it best, where Liverpool are a super possession-dominant team. And that's how they play. That's how they build up. That's how they score their goals. You saw, though when Fulham disrupted their rhythm, when even Mitrovic was pressing the back line and they weren't able to make those passes, they lost everything. And it was it was awesome to see as someone who wants to see Liverpool lose and fall. 
um, that that can happen where you all they had to do is just press, get them yeah. out of their rhythm, and their complete shape and identity was gone. Um, and I think that right there, not just the scoreline of the the tie, obviously, but I think that sign of this is how you can disrupt them and this is how you can make them lose, it, it is going to get carried on throughout the season. I don't even, I don't think they are even top two. We'll get into that after, Ooh, but I don't think they're All right. I think they're already out. But my big storyline that uh, I, you know, I came up with with week one was Manchester United. I mean, going back to Barcelona real quick, the team that probably would want to give away some of their future right now, that want to maybe have some money to spend and some optimism for their fans, has to be Manchester United. A team that has still a lot of drama going on with Cristiano Ronaldo. We still don't know what's going to happen. Again, we, we remember last year where, you know, it, he late last summer decided to go to Manchester United. We still don't know what's going to happen. But the performance, Ben, it's – you change the manager. Uh, you bring in Eric Ten Hall, who came from Ajax and had just a fantastic run at the club – to see just a performance, I was watching that whole that whole game, Ben, and I'm just like, this team, it's something psychological. Is it something, you know, physical? Is something wrong? Because it looks like the same exact thing we saw from last season where we saw performances that are just were so bad that I just asking the question is, where where's the low point? Are we are are we at the lowest point for Manchester United? And is there any like light outside the tunnel? Because this team losing their first game at home just is another bad sign that I just don't not sure they have a future or even a direction in which they're gonna go to in the Premier League and what's going to happen. And that's why you see players Frankie DeYoung, you see players they were rumored to get Anatovich that was just, you know, and two days later that story was out and, you know, you know, they denied it. And so I just think there's so much lack of direction in Manchester United. And I, I'm just not sure what's going to happen with this club because it's really fallen to a point, Ben, that you're just asking yourself, like, how low can it go? And I think that's where we are with Manchester United. You know where the you know where the weak spot is though. Have you did you watch that game? I did. I think it's the wing backs. I think watching how Luke Shaw was it Dallet? I think it was Dallet in that game. Yeah, Dallet. Yeah. How? I, I mean, it's the whole. It, it comes from the whole back line of just miscommunication. But yeah, God, it was like bat, balls to the back post. I mean, it, it's simple defending where if there's a guy on the byline trying to cut yes. in, you have one guy out there, one guy between him and the front post, front post runner, back post runner, and then the wing, the, the outside mid tucks in. It's like, it's yes. simple. It's so simple. And they just couldn't do it. Um, again, though, it, as a City fan, I was having a ball watching that game. Uh, I turned into the biggest Brighton fan <laughs> at 2 nothing, <laughs> But... But it, you know, but all honesty, Ben. I mean, you just—it's just, it, still the same exact. It, we're at the same point we were the, towards the end of the season. It seems like nothing has changed. The manager comes in, and we're just at the same exact point we were last year. Just watching this team and just asking ourselves, I mean, when is going to be over? Like, when is this nightmare going to end? Because it just seems like, you know, you bring a new manager, it's just not good enough. 
I think I think Chicharito said it best two days ago. I think it was two days ago um, when he called the media out for comparing Ten Hag, Moyes, Van Hall, Marie, um, all the all the former managers, comparing him to Fergie. And he looked at the camera and said, "Stop comparing him to Fergie. No one will be the same." And once everyone is able to accept that he is not there anymore and take the mindset out of this is not the same club. No, none of those players are here anymore. Yeah. Once you, class of 92. Yeah. I mean, once you remove all of that, historically, they're one of the greatest Premier League teams of all time. But take that out of it and look at these next 10 years under a microscope. And it's completely different. And just try to figure out or just sorry, just just think about that part of it where they're not the same. Give them different expectations because that's not the same side. And when you do that, you you look at an Arsenal and it's kind of the same situation, an invincible team where the fans were able to remove themselves from all of the history, buy into Mikel Arteta, and it's worked out. I, I think it's just the media not being able to buy in and kind of look past everything. I, I actually agree with you with the, the Arsenal point. I think, and you know, it's so funny. I was watching it. People want to watch it. The the new All or Nothing on Arsenal. Oh, I started watching the first three episodes. And I think, uh, I forgot which Cronkery was, one of the directors was talking about, yeah, I mean, we just, we need the fans to kind of, you know, move on from, you know, we're not going to bring those players back. We're not going to be the invincible team of that, of that, error we're just have to move on and, and build one of our own teams and try to do our best and i think that that's exactly a great point ben you put it together it's just manchester united cannot live in the past they got to move on they just need to find a way to just not think of ferguson and not look at the past and we see former players that manchester united calling out and just there's so much going on that it's just like for a manager, it's, it's just so much pressure without even having your first game. And it's just, it doesn't help when Ronaldo is not there and not committed either, but it's just, this team is so tough. But I will say this, Ben, and this is a what if, and, and, and remind you of this, because this is something that I, I think back sometimes. In 2004, no, I believe it's 2017, when Pep Guardiola was making his decision. It was between the two Manchester teams, Manchester United and Manchester City. I always ask myself, what if Guardiola decided to go to Manchester United instead of Manchester City? I think at that point, Manchester United were still in turmoil. So that's the reason why I chose City and City were just you know coming off of winning the Premier League title and having a better squad. But what if Guardiola said, hey, the hell with it. I want to coach Manchester United. How history would have changed? And then we're not sure if know could have changed the history and the fortune of Manchester United but I mean it's just it, it shows you how bad this club is right now since that's where Alex Ferguson has left it's just I, I don't know where this team could go what direction what manager and I will say this the players that are there are not good enough and the players that have arrived are not delivering and I think it's just a uh, uh, a togetherness and uh, I think a group from the front owners, the the Glazer family onwards to players, it's just affected everybody. Because, you know, Jaden Sancho was fantastic at Borussia Dortmund. Paul Pogba yeah. was so great at, at, at Juventus before. And some of these players just come on to Manchester United and they just fall on their feet. And so I think it's just a horrible, horrible club 
that I guess maybe that's why Frankie De Jong doesn't want to join. So that's that's just the reality. We we haven't had a podcast since this yeah. news came out, and I want to touch on this really quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Harry Maguire was renamed captain. There you go. I just want to, I want to hear I want to hear your thoughts on this. I have my opinions. <laughs> I guess for the dressing room, he could be a captain, but I I don't know why he you know he stood at captain. I think maybe the manager will give him just wants to give him an opportunity and just make sure. I think it's more a confidence thing and takes away the captain. I think really to be honest. If you're that good of a player and that confident as a player, you don't care. Like uh, John Izaka was a captain of Arsenal, and then now he's not, and it hasn't really affected him, right? But Harry Maguire may be that player that just needs the captain to gain, regain, maybe regain his confidence. And so maybe that's why the manager looked at it, because outside of that, no reason why he should be captain. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I guess it, from his end, that's the reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's uh, transition to this week, Ben, because we have a lot of games in the Premier League that, I mean, I have, have to say, I mean, there have some fascinating, fascinating games going on tomorrow as we're recording this on August 12th. So if you're listening to this and thinking, you know, why these guys are talking about the past? Well, we're reacting to it the day before. So hear us out. <laughs> uh Ben, what a uh, matchup are you looking forward to to match day two in the Premier League? I mean, there's some good ones. I don't think the Chelsea Tottenham matchup is going to be as mouth watering as everyone says it is. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at them now. Nottingham Forest, West Ham, City, yeah. Bournemouth. I don't even think it's going to be that interesting either. I I really think the biggest one. Is gonna be. I think it's gonna be Arsenal Leicester, and not because Leicester are and Arsenal are these two teams vying for Europe. I think Arsenal are a notch ahead of almost every other Premier League team right now, and Leicester are so far removed. I mean, if you look at their transfer history, they've lost Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. They're going to use Yuri Tielemans, and they just sent someone else out to someone big I, that I can't remember. Um, but they can't replace, they haven't replaced anyone. So they're just falling off. Cornells, who potentially could lead to going to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so all these guys leaving, and they're not replacing him. So I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. Um, and I think you're going to get to see Arsenal on full display. I think this is going to be the first game where Arsenal will go up one or two. And then they'll just kick it into a new gear that we've never seen them play from before. Um, so I'm excited for that. It'll, I think it'll turn into almost a practice for them after a certain point. So it, it'll be really cool. You know, I, I like that match. I had, you know, we talked about matches and I, I kind of just want to move on from that. Cause I, I, you know, I was looking at the matchup. So I was like, this might be a must win, but I'm not going to go there. I think this is more important to Tottenham. Uh, I think this is a statement that could be made. Uh, it's more, I'm not looking at the per se matchups, but I would say this is more of a, uh, of a mental or even more of a, of a statement for Tottenham to see what they could do at Chelsea and Stanford bridge against a London rival. Tottenham had a great first week. They won four, one. They were really good. Antonio Conte has had great signings into the squad. 
You still have Harry Kane. You still have Young Ming Song. You added for Charleston. Uh, you still got Kuwaseski, who who's a fantastic player as well. And the question is, can they compete with the big three or even the big six? That was one of the issues they had in the last couple of seasons. Can they compete? Can they compete? Well, here's your test if you're Tottenham fans. Can they beat Chelsea, a team that a season ago or a year ago, they won the Champions League, a team that right now is in the downfall. I mean, they are trying to go at a couple of signings, but the first game of Chelsea really did not go as people thought, and there's still a lot of question marks with this Chelsea team with the rumors of getting Aubameyang or Frankie de Jong. There's still a lot of options that maybe I think we'll wait and see what happens with Chelsea, but this is for Spurs. This is a statement where you can uh, put yourselves on the map by saying, here we are, we're here to compete with Manchester City and Liverpool, and let's find out what's it, what's going to happen. But I think Spurs uh, have to make a statement in, in this game against Chelsea. There's some very good, I mean, not matchup-wise, but I think there's some very good storylines that could pop up this weekend. So I'm excited. Yeah, we definitely have a lot. So, again, tomorrow we have Aston Villa-Everton. We have, as you mentioned, Ben Arsenal-Leicester City. Um, You know, Brighton against Newcastle, team up and coming and rising. I mean, we have so many matches. Manchester City, the champions playing against Bournemouth. Uh, Manchester United will be on the road against Brentford. So, I mean, there's so many matchups that's going to happen as well. And then Monday we got, you know, Liverpool against Crystal Palace. And so there's so many options that uh, we potentially could see for this week, but there's a lot of stories could potentially be made. So we'll find out. But before we have to transition to our next segment, Ben, we never had an opportunity to give our top four a relegation or champion in the Premier League, because, you know, obviously we've been very busy, both you and I. And so now we're having our pod. We're here. We're available. Let's first start with you. Let's go with let's no, let's go with top four. Who do you have as your top four for this Premier League season? Do you want me to start at one or four? Uh, you know, I'll start at one. I think go at signs. one. Go. City. Easy. I don't even nice. think it's a question. Two. Don't no one get shocked, but I'm gonna put Arsenal. I just think they've done so well in this wow. transfer window, and I I love watching them play now. I just think they are gonna take that next jump, and it's it's gonna be awesome. So Arsenal too. Now it's where it gets dicey. I think I I want to chuck West Ham in there because I don't think that they're that far off a of top four. I, <laughs> I was confused, and I know, I know, I know. I'm leaving I, I, a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Continue. I know, I know. I'm leaving a team out, but this is on purpose because I don't think they're all actually right, going right, to do okay. that good this year. I think I'm going to put. I don't know. I think you know. I'm going to put. I'm going to put Chelsea in three. I I think Chelsea have stayed consistently the same this whole this whole window. I know they've lost Lukaku and Werner, but Sterling, Koulibaly, like uh, there's some good players coming in, um, and a lot of good loan kids coming back. So I think they'll be okay. Connor Gallagher, I mean, that definitely is going to make an impact on this team. So I think there's three. If all, if all, uh, betting all right, all right. Before 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 we get into uh, reacting, here's my top four yeah. champions. I have matches the city. 
Second place, I have Liverpool. Third place, I have Spurs. Fourth place, I have Arsenal. I'll put, I'll think, put Liverpool fourth. I'll put Liverpool fourth. So you're switching Chelsea then, right? No, no, Chelsea was my three. Oh, Chelsea was three and fourth was – oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And Liverpool your fourth. Okay, confirming. My bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I have pretty much two London teams in my top four, and then I have City and Liverpool. I think, again, Manchester City – I think Liverpool has lost the Mane. is a little bit more impactful than Jesus and Sterling leaving just because of what Holland can do, especially after that first – that first league, I mean, it's just, I mean, Holland. I mean, I, I think I thought it would have a little adjustments, but the fact he scored two goals despite playing his first game tells me just like this guy is gonna is gonna score goals, and I think City are really gonna be um, a threat on the counter when you have a player like Holland who can make those uh, diagonal runs to the box. I mean, he's just fantastic. And in Liverpool, I mean, I love Darwin Nunez, and I've said it, I love the Dar- Darwin Nunez. I think he's been fantastic so far. But I think, again, the Mane situation is really just where I just look like, is it enough? And then also, Tiago Encantara, who got hurt and now is out with a must of hamstring injury. Liverpool right now, according to Jurgen Club, I think they spoke to him regarding that. Thinks there's no player that I think they want to go after this transfer window that they think is good enough to join the squad. And so I think he's going to stick with his options. And so I think this team is more so next year because – I think Joe Bellingham has been an, a rumored, rumored player for the last couple of years for Liverpool. And I think there's a potential that he'll join Liverpool. Uh-huh. And so next season could be an option where we see much more of Liverpool as a title contender if they can add Bellingham. But the fact they got Thiago injured and limitations in their midfield, I think that might be a concern for their front three. So I have those reasons i have city as my champions liverpool second and then spurs i think are really good as i mentioned if they can get a result at chelsea proves me that they could potentially be in the, in the title race conversation maybe and then arsenal just i think they did i was watching their first game very well jesus looks great um i think their team looks great the additions they added was much needed will well, Sanamba has been great, their addition, uh, I mean, on the defense. And then I think, again, they kept their core and they still have Saka and they still have Martinelli. Um, and they added a player in Jesus, who I think has a very experienced player and will help. So that's my top four. I think we're, we're kind of similar. I, I think I, we are similar. I think we agree. Uh, and especially with our top two. I mean, again, next year, Liverpool, I think this is much more of a team that's, you know, transitioned a little bit than City. But yeah. um, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's get to relegation, Ben. Who do you have being relegated from the Premier League? Fulham. I already have my three, so I, I am set. So go. Whenever you're I think, I think it's going to be Fulham. I don't want to say it, but I think mm, – no, Fulham, Nottingham, not Bournemouth. Okay. Actually, mm, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm I'm doing this. I want to do this raw, so I really got like to think about it. Nottingham are going to go down for sure. Fulham, I think Fulham, and I I haven't really watched Bournemouth. But I don't I don't really see it. But yeah, Nottingham. I want to say Leicester. I really want to say Leicester because I don't think they've wow. done enough. I really don't think there's anything special about them this year, and. 
And I'm going to say it, and I think Southampton are the third. I think, I, I mean, they signed a few City youngsters, but apart from that, what really have they done? Um, and Armando Broja is a huge loss that they're definitely going to miss, and he's back at Chelsea too. So I think, I think Southampton will go down. Um, and I don't think that raises too many eyebrows with that one. So here are my top three. Southampton, Bournemouth, Everton. Ooh. Everton goes down. No question. I think this is the team. This is where I was so fr- – this is the one where I really am confident. This is both heart and and head going in together. This is where we agree with each other. We're both kind of handshaking like, yes, we are firm on this one. Everton, I mean, they. I know they're adding pieces, but my goodness. Did you see that first game of Everton? And tell me you're not concerned about what's going to happen with Everton. I mean, they lost for Charleston. I mean, that was one. And then they lost Calvin Lewin with injury. I mean, who's their striker? Can they score enough goals? That's the question. I think there's still a lot of concerns of your Frank Lampard. They can't spend any money because they have a financial issue because of so much of their spending for the last couple of years. You barely survived last year. And I just, I don't trust Lampard in these situations. They were very lucky to stay in the Premier League last season. Very lucky. Uh, they were lucky also because they had a lot of, of, of home games towards the end of the season. But they were on the road or they weren't well. I thought they could have got relegated. And so I don't trust this team at all, Ben. And they added a couple players here and there. But is it enough to stay in the Premier League? I say no. One name keeps them in the Premier League. Connor Cody. And that's all I'll say. No, no, I don't. I, I, no, they added, okay, that, that's fine and well, but can, how, you can defend all you want, Ben, but they, how are you going to score goals without a goal scorer, a legit goal scorer with Calvin Lewin out and Nova Charleston? That might be like 50 or even 60% of your, of your goals right there from last year. So I don't know. I think it's gonna be. I think I think it'll be close for them. I don't know if they'll go down, but I think I think they'll be in this. I think they'll definitely be in the the zone fighting it out. That I don't have any doubts about. It's just how low they go. Yeah. So I mean, that's my question. And then you, I mean, we kind of said it. The champions. You said we both agree it's Manchester City. Um, how about this? Who's the top goal scorer? Not Darwin Nunez. I. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? I'm gonna I'm gonna play a dark horse one, and I think this is a fair one. All right, Alexander Mitrovic. Hmm. I, I yes, yeah, he like that. All right, okay, great option. Like that. He scored a penalty on one of his first goals, but what I think, I mean, he's so he played at Newcastle, uh, and then he got relegated with them. Came back up the next year with Fulham. Did okay. He he kind of reminds me of how Ivan Tony's been doing where he came up with Brentford and did okay, but he came up this second time, and it just looks like Fulham know how to play to his strengths now because he's been there so right. long, where they're not just trying to slip him through and then, like, playing in the occasional ball to hold up. Like, they're very clearly getting him the ball in crossing areas and allowing him to do his thing. Um, so now that they know how to play to him, and he knows the Premier League very well, I think sky's the limit for him. I think he gets it. Wow, I thought you were gonna go with your your boy. I mean, you know Holland, you know, but he'll probably get it. But I, I wanted to be. I wanted to 
say I knew something a little bit more than Holland's. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going with this one. I'm really confident about this one. I'm going Harry Kane. I'm Ooh. going Harry Kane. I'm going Harry Kane. Young Ming's song was close, but I, I think that's his best season. I think Harry Kane comes back because this is a season where Kane had less goals and song and, and song was fantastic. But Harry Kane has been Mr. Consistent when it comes to Premier League goal scoring. And he's up there as one of the top strikers all time in the Premier League. And I think he's going to have the, those kind of seasons. I think he's going to return to his best before the World Cup. He's going to try to score goals. I know he didn't. Uh, he had a he's always had a rough August, which is weird, but I think he's always been those top 20 goal scorers in Premier League, and I think he'll do it again. I think Harry Kane uh wins the golden boot. Honestly, I I think it's especially because it's the World Cup, you know, like he said, I think I think he's got a good shot at it. So I wouldn't put him out of the question. I I still think Mitrovic is going to get it. Maybe even Julian. I mean, Albert. I don't think that's that that's far off, Ben. I think that's not like you know, Mitrovic is not a like he had two goals against Liverpool. I mean, he 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 had a lot. Was it forty goals in in the championship? I mean, he was fantastic. I mean, he I don't was, think that's um, far off by saying that. No, he was second. I think he was. I think Dom Solanke got like thirty eight, and he got like thirty six. Okay, okay, um, I was far, I was a little far off, but yeah, so I mean, I, that's still plenty of goals. Solanke won't do anything in the Premier League, and he's it, it's consistent that he hasn't done it with Chelsea, and he did not do it with Liverpool, so he's not he won't do anything in the Premier League. But Callum Wilson's also a name to keep an eye on. Uh, uh, okay, I'm not <laughs> sure about that one, but I mean, uh, 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 I mean, he's good. I, I just think they're going to be – I think they're going to score in different uh, ways, Everton – I mean, excuse me, Everton, uh, Newcastle in different ways where I think it's going to be kind of mixed in goals. And I think they're going to have maybe one person scored like 10 to 15 yeah. goals. I think that's how it's going to go. But, well, I um, yeah. Darwin Nunez, I mean, nope. I, I had him as a, an option, but I just had to go with Harry. Harry King was just like a one where I'm just like, this one is really – but you know how I feel about Darwin Nunez. He's just a fantastic player. He has a goal ready. I mean, should have had two. But I think that's going to be something to watch, which is Kane and, and, and Nunez, see what they do against each other um, and see what can happen. Yeah. All right. So that will be our Premier League uh, update. And, you know, we can catch the Premier League this week. We'll get react to that next week, hopefully, uh, and continue our conversation on the league with so much more stories to update you coming up. We'll get into the MLS all-star game and some news that happened that has been smiling. Find out when we come back. All right. The MLS all-star game, Ben, I mean, you know, it happened. We got our league and MLS that one, two, one on our league at Equis. It was a game that has some former players score in the four, uh, his country and his fellow league before and Carlos Vela. Uh, I mean, it was a good game sort of, I guess I was watching it and kind of, you know, uh, and enjoying it. But my bigger question and concern were probably I'm going to ask you is, and I asked this to Yannick Mahalik is has MLS closed the gap on Liga Mackeys? And you think there's some significant change in North America when it comes to the league? I think absolutely they have. And I I I think the biggest example of that is transfers. 
Uh, obviously, before a lot of older players outside of their prime were coming to MLS because they could just play and they thought it'd be easy. Now we're seeing players in their prime, like a certain Spaniard that's moving to LA very soon that are choosing to come to the MLS because they know it's such a good league. So they've absolutely, I think, caught up ground, if not surpassed uh, Liga Mekis. Yeah, I, I spoke to this to Yannick Mahalik, and I think it's tough because the MLS has really done a good job, and 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 I think the league is really in a good place right now. Liga Mekis right now, I, I think they're always up and down. They're kind of... Uh, kind of like the stock market. If you kind of look at it like that, if you're Liga Mackeys, you know, it's up and low and high. And I think right now they're in their low point right now, but I think eventually they'll come up because soccer is so big in that country, in Mexico. Uh, I mean, you know, here in America, we're, you know, in, in a place where, you know, soccer is not number one. And so I think eventually Mexico will come up and kind of take control as they once did. But I think there's a moment where we also have to appreciate that. I think, yes, the league has caught caught up. Is it where Liga Mackey says no, but I think it will never be there because of the popularity, how much, um, you know, people enjoy watching the game, how much they love about the game. I mean, I think soccer, I don't think we'll ever get to that point. Maybe, hopefully, who knows? We'll pray and maybe uh, something happens. But I just think that uh, Liga Mackey's right now is in a low point. And I think right now MLS is at a very high point and very constant. And I think that's the difference. I think MLS is very constant and Liga Mekis is like this. Like it's going up and down. And so for me, the game kind of showed that. We still had a couple of players that weren't at the game. Gignac, who has been fantastic at Tigres. Um, he's a player that I think would enjoy. A lot of people would enjoy watching him play. He's been fantastic. Tigres who had so much success. And, and and there, so yes, I agree with you, Ben. The transfers have been going to MLS. I think that's a good point to mention as well. But I think we're in a place where I think MLS is very much caught up to Liga Mackeys. And I think there's a point where we'll see more collaborations between the two leagues. And I think they've been talking about having a league between those two, which I wouldn't, I don't like. I think they're preferred to have maybe a tournament. I think that would be, you know, more preferred than a league combined of MLS and Liga Mackeys. But again, it shows you that maybe Liga Mackeys understands that, hey, the MLS is here and it's here to stay and it's growing and it's constant and it's we're re- making revenue, um, not at your pace, but we're making it at a point where I think people have find it interesting. I, I'm not a big fan of the combined leagues. I I, I, think, I don't either. Yeah, I, I think it just takes away from what America's are. So the states have done like been yeah, trying to build for so long. I think it just piggybacks. Uh, I, I, I think if, if they were farther in, uh, behind in the development of the MLS, absolutely do that. But now I think built it up so much that doing that just ruins everything that they've worked for. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there. And, and yeah, this is going to be a question mark as well to see what happens with, um, you know, Liga Mackeys, some of their main players always lead to Europe. And so, and, and right now, Major League Soccer is doing basically the same thing. And so, like, there there you have some options. But, um, yeah, I think it's good for both. Maybe I think a tournament would be the best option for both. But I think it's fair enough to say, like, MLS is here and it's here to stay and it's constant and it's growing and it's making revenue. And I think the Mackeys are kind of eyebrowing themselves and realizing that this MLS has now caught up. And I remember Ben quickly, 
that I used to watch Liga Mackies. <laughs> Once upon a time, wasn't called Liga Mackies, but I used to watch it. Club America was my team. I remember them playing with so many players um, that I remember. I think people wouldn't even remember Cavañas, Cristian Benitez. I mean, they had, you know, um, Cortemo Blanco, who used to go on the MLS with the Chicago Fire. He was great in America at the time. I mean, they had fantastic, fantastic leagues. And so I think, and by the way, the most watched league in North America is what, Ben? I'm going to ask you this question. It's probably the Mekis. Right now. Their revenue is so much bigger. I mean, the people that watch it, it's still legal Mackies compared to even <laughs> South America. Legal Mackies is still dominant. And so that's where I think might be the differences, but I used to watch it all the time. I used, that was one of my first leagues that I ever watched Legal Mackies. And so still a lot there, but MLS have really caught up because it's really great. My attention It's bring a lot of people towards the sport. And I think there's still growth uh, to be made. Yeah. Now, I want to transition into some storylines. I know we're going to get into it, but I think this is a point because we tease about this all the time in our podcast. But now uh, I will go and get to the news of the mighty and popular player on this podcast, and that is Ricky Putsch, a very popular player that once upon a time was a protege, fan favorite at Barcelona, uh, deciding at the age of 22 – to join the LA Galaxy. And Ben came after a very long time since we were talking. The first person I was thinking about when this happened was Ben Kane. Because Ben Kane has been hyping this player up for a very long time, believes in him. And I don't know if he still believes him, but I hope he does. And Ben, first of all, reaction to Ricky Putsch to la galaxy he here's my biggest my like i i just don't get it I, like, oh you're I, mad I, oh wow i think i thought you're gonna be happy about this okay oh no, no. Uh, this so talk to me so i'm happy for one reason and that it's in two weeks i'm going uh i cover the red i've been like slowly covering the revs a lot with my internship uh and in two weeks i'm going to see la galaxy play new uh the revolution so maybe on the socials for the final whistle you'll get a video of me trying to talk to ricky as i'm in the press box <laughs> that'll be uh, fantastic hope you i hope you try your best <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm praying for you please this, this will be a must see on this pod try to get him here and i mean this will be some sensation if you can get it but go ahead continue <laughs> i just don't i i i know why he did it I, I, I completely understand this. Why he's done this is he knows he's not getting in the World Cup. Very apparent he's not going to make the Spain score. Not even close. But he World Cup? It, yes. I I think in four years, you could see Ricky Puig starting. Not starting, but he could be in that he could be in that World Cup group. He's looking around right now at a lot of the players in MLS, Tejon Buchanan, Adam Buchs, uh, I, there's I, Those are just Revs players, but there's players everywhere that are jumping from the MLS to these big leagues. I think he had offers from lower Spanish teams and probably relegation-type English teams as well as Germany, uh, teams in Germany middle of the table. And I think what he wanted to do was he knows that if he goes to LA Galaxy, he's playing 95 minutes every single game, like no doubt. 
Uh, so he's getting those reps in and he'll make that jump within two or three years while also living in sunny LA, which is kind of nice. Um, you been there? I, so I understand why he did it. I just, Ricky, man, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I, I, I thought he was. Blair, you believed him, Ben. He believed he, he had you, he had you under his waist. He had you under his spell. I, I see him like Pjanic, where I, I don't understand why he didn't do the same thing. And even though Shabby completely told him off, Pjanic still stayed there and was like, you know what, right, I'm still going to try to fight for my spot. And he, he kept his spot. Um, so the move to MLS is a little weird. I'm so excited to see him play, finally. But it, it, I don't know. I just I still can't wrap my head around it. I, I know why. I know why, but I don't know why. That's, that's oh, why. Oh, man. And so, Ben, we haven't talked about this since the, the move, and I'm shocked. I'm listening to you shocked. I can't believe Ben Kane who's been a fan of Ricky Putsch since we've talked about him ever since we started this podcast. Everybody go back and listen in. Every time we have a Barcelona conversation, every time we talk about it, always mentioning Ricky Putsch. And in the <laughs> moment he comes to the States and joins the league in the MLS that you, by the way, I think we're going to have this, maybe we'll do this conversation next week, has this league as one of the top five leagues in the world. Yep. Doesn't like the move. I'm in shock, Ben Kane. I can't I just, believe you said this. I just think he could have gone bigger. Like I, like I know I hype up the MLS all the time. I, Ricky, man, I think you could. I think I don't. I, I would love to see what type of offers his agent got him. That I think that's that's where I'll kind of, if I was able to see but, that and understand where he might have gone, because if he was gonna go to like. Like a, like a low, low, like a La Liga team, I would choose LA Galaxy all day. It, it, it goes back to the Atletico Madrid or watching the MLS conversation. It just depends on where he was offered. That That's what I'm confused about. Listen, I, I, I was also in shock. I'm not going to, you know, lie to you, Ben, but not surprised. I'm not surprised. I am really? not surprised Ricky Pooch – at the age of 22, left. I I studied players before. Giovanni Dos Santos. Um, I could go back. Man, I'm blanking right now. There's so many players that left so early. Boyan, I mean, that was for different reasons. Uh, Pato. Yep. So many young players that make these weird moves. And all the common you know, theme of all of them is they're not disciplined. They're not... Uh, consistent on the performance and they have other things going on outside of football. And so when I found out, Ben, I found out that Ricky Putsch was coming to the LA galaxy. I was not so shocked at all. I know this story. I seen this story. I hope I'm wrong, but I've seen it too many times. And if anybody wants to go in YouTube and find out the story of Giovanni Dos Santos or even Alexander Pato, there are so many stories on some of these young players that make these weird transfers. And then later on in their careers, they talk about they, you know, they 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 regret some things, they think they can go on their way. And so for this case, Ben, this case, I think Ricky Puj did the move that I think. Not shocking. 
Not shocking. Could he go back to Europe? Absolutely. Do you think he could stay? Absolutely. But this is a move where I just think as a player, as a manager, look at this. They will see that there's a common theme when Ricky Pooch is there. He had four different managers. He had Nestor Valverde. He had Ronald Koeman. He had Kike Sentien, who was probably the one that trusted him and believed in him the most. And he had Xavi Hernandez. And the common theme in all of them is that you're not good enough. And that tells me a lot about what happened to the story of Ricky Pooch, the fan favorite at Barcelona. I just, I just love the guy too much. Uh, I don't he had I, you under your spell. No, Ben, you gotta, you gotta just, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you know, um, you have to have, <laughs> you gotta leave the spell. You gotta somehow, some way take yourself out of the love because I, it's just, he won't give the love back to you, man. I'm telling you as a friend. <laughs> yeah, I <completely laughs> I'm telling you agree. as a friend. I completely agree with you that he definitely was disciplined. I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. I think it was just inconsistent, but, I know. I, I think, think it's discipline. I no, no, no. There's reports of him being this in uh, immature or a little cocky young player. I think there's reports out. There's reasons why he hasn't been playing. I think this is not a a small sample size of he can't play, and, and it could you know people could say his size may be there, but there's players around the same size that are playing at the highest level, yeah. and so I don't agree with that. Yes, uh, this is a quick question. Is yeah. he the next? Is he the next Boyan? No, because no. Boyan, I think, had a little more expectations because he made his debut at a far younger age. Yeah, and so there were so many, you know, questions with Boyan, and plus he was roughly around the same age as Lionel Messi, and so they thought he was going to be this fantastic player. So I don't look at it like that. But I look at him as a player that man just just didn't work out. I think, and we might have just overrated him, and which I would probably agree with with most people. And I think Sid Lowe talked about this that he yeah. was just overrated. All right. Well, I, I I before we wrap up this block, I think one thing I really want to quickly talk about because yeah. you mentioned Messi. The man did not make the, the Ballon oh, yeah. nomination list. How could we forget? <laughs> oh yeah well yeah so i mean yes the ballon d'oro as we you know are, are recording this had came out with 30 players nominated and leo messi wasn't one of them i'm not surprised ben i'm, I'm not, not surprised either. i'm okay everything's good i'm not surprised and leo messi if he had to talk to you he would say the same thing yeah, he knows he knows he didn't have a good season and well he had six league goals like but yeah, then, guess what? Guess what? I remember one year, I think this is before he had that outstanding, just that crazy 2015 year when people doubt Leo Messi. I mean, and he, and, you know, people doubt him, think he's over, he's retired, and he's old. We saw what he did in that first week on PSG with two goals already and one assist. I, I'm just saying, Ben, that lookout. Leo Messi at a World Cup year, we potentially could see the best of Leo Messi, and we could see him the best in Leo Messi comparing to last year. Plus, you know, transition to a new country, teammates, yeah. etc., the language, all of that. I think Leo Messi will have uh, potentially his best season yet. Yeah. 
yeah, I agree with that. I just, I just like having a Ballon d'Or without him because I know Benzema. <laughs> I know Benzema should win it. Like he he should. Well, Cristiano Ronaldo was in it. I mean, he scored twenty four goals. But what did Manchester United win? That's what I'm saying. I, I they're gonna find a way to give it to like Sebastian Allaire. Like I just know. No, I just well, know well, Benzema's know not gonna, gonna win it. I mean, the question is who's gonna be the top three. That's my question. Lewandowski, Benzema. De Bruyne. I like that. Okay, you made it pretty easy. Yeah, I, I think point. I think that's. I yeah. I mean, there's different like combinations that. you could use, but I think that's. But, I think that's so. If anybody's listening and hearing in, Ben Kane might have just got this right. I mean, we know it's Benzema, but like those three, I think that's pretty good, Ben. Nice work. That's a good chance. Hey, thank yeah. you. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but definitely, if you get that correct, I'll be the first to text you. You find out from me, I'll be like Ben. You were right. I'll say, I mean, that's all I'll say. You were right. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we'll leave it there. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into football hoop. All right, let's get into our final segment, football hoop. Uh, ben Kane will give me a team to select. And I will give him three questions. Uh, we know the deal here, Ben. So, first of all, what team do you got for me uh, to go for? I just wanted to bring it up again that Liverpool dropped points. So I went, I did some research, and I okay. found the last time that they dropped points on opening day. Ooh. And when so was it, that? it was a 3 3 tie in 2017. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was 2017. Here's the thing, though. I think the, I, I, I really think that the Liverpool one is, is way too easy. So okay. I, I want to I give you the other side and really, I think, I think I'm going to give you this one, really test you. All right. This was a team that they lost when they were on that incredible unbeaten run that they lost to thanks to a hat trick from a certain, uh, oh my God, what nation? I, it's Senegalese right winger. It's uh, Ismail Assar destroyed that. But this is Wofford in 2017. Right. So, yeah, we got, we got August 12th, 2017, opening day. Saudi Omani uh, evens the score up 1-1. Bobby Firmino with the pen to make it 2-2. Salah scores to make it 3-2. And Watford score in the final minute of the game to win the game. Uh, to tie the game. So I'm going to give you the Watford one. And I, I think this is going to be very difficult. So I'll try to give you a lot of hints. But I, I think okay. this is more interesting. So, oh, I'm sorry. They played a 4-3-3, which is super easy for this. We'll do goalkeeper and four uh, four defenders. All right. So, we're going... I'm trying to... We're going with Liverpool, correct? Liverpool. No, we're going to go Watford. Watford. Okay. Ooh. Goalkeeper was not English. I'll give you that. Because I think that's a big hint that he was not English. 2017? Yeah. You might got me on the ropes, Ben. Damn. <laughs> all right. All right. I got this. You, you, um, uh, let's see. Start with the goalie. Uh, sheesh. Ooh. Um, I think I know who it is. I just forgot his first name. But, uh, I think. Still Austin. Gomez. 
All right, okay. I'm going with Gomez, right? And then yep. you said, what was it, 4-3-3? Yeah, so we'll do the back four. Okay. We're going to go with, uh... no, I don't think he's at the team at the time. The, oh, I'll give you a hint. So the right back, sign, I think this was his first game for the team. Is he, he just, is he Dutch? He might be. Uh, Yannick, I think that's his name. Yannick, Yannick. I'll give it to you. It's Yannick. Yannick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yannick. Um. Then we go to the back four. Let's go with Kapu. Um. No. No. Not Kapu. Um. I'm blanking. Jeez. Uh. No, not Kapu. Oh, Kapu's in the midfield, so I should say that for later. Uh, the back four. Jeez. You know how I'm remembering this also? I used to play FIFA. I used to get some of these small teams, and I just, like, know these. <laughs> so I'm just putting it out there, all right? People want to know, memorize some of these players from 2017 play FIFA. Uh, all right, so... Let's see. Uh, no, not Kapu. Let's go with... Damn. Uh, is the center back English? Uh, one of them isn't. I don't know what the other one is. I don't think he is either. I think he's... he's the other one's Uruguayan. So. There's an oh, okay. Englishman in the Uruguayan. Ooh, I should know this then. Alright, Uruguay, Uruguay, Uruguay. Uh, damn, Walford. Uh, let's see. This one's hard. Damn, this one's really hard. I mean, the Liverpool one, I, I, if I, I I can tell you after, you would have gotten 100. Like, it was just... Yeah, no, 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 no. I love this, Ben. No, no, no. You've tested my brain out. I like this. <laughs> this is good. Uh, let's see. I wonder if I'm a little white. A little white. A little white. Uh, let's see. He scored the winning goal as well. Or the, the game time goal as well. Hmm. Ooh, wait, I think I might know. 433. Three. I might know the three minutes. I just remind myself. Uh, oh, why? Damn it. Um, let's go with. Damn, I might know the midfield, but I might not know the defenders. All right, so Gomes, Gomez. Uh, let's go with. Let's go with. I think he's a Tommy defender. No. Maybe twenty seconds. All right, yep. all right, all right. So I'm gonna go Sebastian Corte, right? Corte. I'm just gonna go with Corte. Yeah. All right, Corte, and then I'm gonna go left back. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Corte. I'm gonna go with. I'm just gonna go random players right now at this point. I'm gonna yeah. go with um, Diaby, and then. I'm just thinking of a name, and then the left back, I have no idea, so there you go. Okay, so Gomez was right. I yeah. gave you that, so you're two, out of, you're two out of two so far. Center back, you were close, it's Kabul. 
Oh my god! Damn! Ah! Oh. Wait, so it was Ka wait, you said Kabul? Kabul. Kabul. That wait, wait, by the way, was this defender playing for Spurs? Yeah, he, he was the French guy who played for Spurs oh, right after the fail. I literally was thinking, I just didn't know his name. Ah! Oh. Alright. So him, Miguel Britos. No, oh, alright, I would have forgot. Yeah, okay, no chance. And left back, I think this was one of the most gifted crossing left backs in the Premier League for a long time. Mm -hmm. It was Jose Halabas. Wow. How about that? Wow. There you go. So, yeah, it's a good team. It's a hell of a team. Yeah. I think I might know the midfield, actually, so. Yeah. Okay. All right, so here's your question I have for you. So, since, since all the leagues have started, Ben, I'm going to yes. test you out to see if you remember some of these goals that have been scored. So, Ali and Holland scored the first goal for Manchester City in the Premier League this season. My question for you has been, is who scored Manchester City's first Premier League goal last year? Can you can I can you tell me what the game who like who they played? So first game they lost to Spurs one nothing, and yeah. then they played their second game against Norwich, and they won four nil. Oh my god! You know what's crazy is I literally watched a video on all the Man City goals last season, like the other day. I really want to say. I really want to say it's like Fernand because he played a decent amount. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Fernand Torres. I don't know why, but I, I, I feel like it was good choice. Good choice. And the answer is that your final answer? Yeah, it's wrong. It's not. It's Jack Grealish. 22 minutes in. Oh, it's scores. the fucking. It's the. Oh, I swore. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. We're, we're the in the pod shin. right now. Everybody's listening and enjoying this right now. Yeah, Jack Grealish. It's the. You know what it is? It's the clunker. It's when he, like, I. Because I specifically remember watching that and I was hyped. I was like, oh my God, Grealish scored. And it was such a clunker goal. I, I know exactly what the goal is now. Yep. There you go. Oh, damn. I, okay, it's fine. I'm not mad. I, I Fernand, I think, scored. Did he score in that game? He might have. Yeah, it might have. Um, all right, the midfield three. All right, can I first ask for a hint? Is one of the midfielders a Spaniard midfielder? I don't think so. Oh, in, in midfield three, correct? No Spaniards. All right. And, uh, can I ask for one more hint? One Argentinian yeah. midfielder. No. No? No. I really, oh man. Damn, I had, I was really confident in this. All right, we're gonna go with the, so it's a midfield three, correct? Yep. Tom Cleverly. Okay. Uh, let's go with Kapu. Kapu. Yep, Kapu. Okay. And then, Because I had a, I had the player. Damn it! You really limited me now. Uh, 
Wow, I'm really blanking. Uh, I don't know what hint to give you for one of these. I can give you a hint for one of these guys. I don't uh, know. Don't give me yeah nationality. That's all I need. Uh, I can't give nationalities. What do you mean? Is, uh, is it English or not English? It's very obvious if I said one of them. Uh, one of them. One of. Oh yeah. Here's the here's your hand. I think you're right. He one of them came from the Chelsea Academy. No. No, it's not him. Uh. Ooh. And I don't think he plays there. I think he's at Fulham now. Wow. I mean, I'm blanking on that one. That's a good hint. I still can't get it. Yeah, Fulham? <clears throat> oh my god, he's at Fulham. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but I'm, I'm blanking. I, did, I, I literally, I'm blanking completely. So, I mean, good on you, but I, bad on me. But, hmm. Let's go with... Damn, not good. This, this, is, this is the one I can't get right. Damn. Uh, sheesh. Oh, wait. No, it's not him. No, it's not him. It's that Fulham. Midfielder. I don't think he played against Liverpool. I, he's probably older, but I'm thinking at that time he was a starter. All right, I give up. Okay. No, go. The hint, actually, let me just look really quick, see if he played. He did not play. He is currently has a knock, is what this says. Uh, so you've gotten cleverly. I did. Abdullah Dekore was the second man. Oh, who was it? Yeah. Abdullah Decore. Wow, I don't know. No idea. He's at uh, Everton now. Yeesh. That's a good one. And, okay. And then the hint was his... I could have also said his brother still plays for Chelsea. Trevor. Nathaniel Chalaba. The first of the Chalaba brothers. Oh, because I was thinking of Chalaba, but like I... I could uh, say he was at full. So, oh, it's another one. Okay, I was thinking of one. I'm like, he's at Chelsea, so that doesn't make sense. Okay. Got yeah. It. Oh, that's a good one, Ben. All right. You kind of twisted me there. All right. Good work. I mean, I got clever again. FIFA. This is all FIFA information that I'm like tossing right now. So the the next one, I'm I can't give away any nation. Well, you I'm gave not... me one though. You gave me saw. Who? You gave me um saw. Sorry, sorry. Oh no 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 no! I said sorry. He played. I don't think. I think that was. This is the year after it. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, I know. Okay. So on, I thought you gave it away. I was like, what? Oh, okay, okay. Now you're good. Okay, cool. That's on me. All right, perfect. All right. So, next question for you, Ben. Yeah. We're sticking with the prim- We're sticking with this one goal of the season. So La Liga is going to start tomorrow for Barcelona, Ben. Last year, Leo Messi leaves and the whole crowd crying. Tenth minute, applauding. So the question is, is who scored Barcelona's first La Liga goal against Real Sociedad? 
it's probably Memphis. Like if I'm if I'm trying to think realistically. Now your final answer? I'm gonna go Memphis. I don't know why. I just think Memphis. So Memphis Depay did play, did not score. The first goal came from a Gerard Piquet header in the 19th minute. It's Gerard Piquet. I was never getting that. I'm okay. I was never gonna get that. Okay. And then now we're to the front three, correct? Yep, no nations are being given. Oh, I already know one of them, I think. Okay. And I, I want to give his name last, but if I'm wrong about this, I'm going to look like a fool, but I'm very confident in the striker. Um, all right, two winners, two winners, two winners. Thanks. Jeez, no nationality. Damn it, this doesn't help. Uh, all right, we're going to go Roberto Pereira's. From Argentina, I put him in there. I'm going for it, Ben, and we're going for him. All right, so okay. he's there. Uh, and let's go with on the right. No, could it be possible? No. He was still there. I know who you're thinking of. He was still there. He is here. No, 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 I'm not thinking. No, no, I know the striker, but I no, actually I do know, I have two striker names, but I'm probably gonna go with the one that I think it's obvious. Hmm. Uh. Damn, I just needed a winger. Gerard Delafeu, I don't know, wait, 2017? Yeah, okay, he's not on the team. Uh, wait, 2017, correct? If we're just FYI. Yeah, 2017. Okay, 2017. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. okay. forget what I said. Not Gerard Delafeu. Yeah, it wasn't Gerard Delafeu. He doesn't have Barca. Um, no, it's not him. Man, I'm blanking. God damn it. All right. It has to be an English winger. I'm just thinking. It has to be, right? All right. Uh, here we go. All right. I'm just going to go for it. We know. I feel like I know this. Oh, could it be on the bench? No. All right. Let's, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm really, like, I do not know who the right winner is. I'm gonna go with Aaron Lennon. I'm literally going for this. And we're going with Troy Didi, even though he might not start it, because I think there's another name, but I'm gonna go with Troy Didi. Dini was not even on the bench. Whoa, Dan, see, I was wrong. Knew it. If I gave you the nation Italy, who would, who would you have known? As the striker? Yep. Who would have... It would have no, been... wait. Mm, can I guess if I get it right? Let's see. Zaza? 
No, Zaza was there a uh, year before, I think. Okay. Their, uh, it was uh, Stefano Okaka. Oh, okay, no, no, no. Nah, so complete. You got you got one. You got Pereira, and then Aaron Lennon was still. I think he was at Everton at that point. Oh. I don't think he was at Tottenham. So who was the right winger? Norden Amrabat. Yeah, no idea. Uh, he played for Morocco. He was one of their best players. Uh, I think that's why I was saying because I didn't know if you knew who that was. So I was like, if I say if I say Morocco. Like you're gonna know who that is immediately. <laughs> eh, I think it was a little long shot. I kind of was thinking. Yeah. Um, but well done, then. Well done. That's actually I like that. You really tested my brain out. Now, finally, since the Ballon d'Or will announce their thirty lists, Ben. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you which country has the second most Ballon d'Or by country. The first one's Argentina. They have seven. But who has the second most Ballon d'Oro by country? Portugal. I have three options for you. Portugal. Hey, are you you want to hear my options or that's your final answer? <laughs> Portugal. I don't want any of the options. It's Portugal. Are, 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 you, are you sure? Positive? Because no... No, it's Portugal. It, it's it's got to be Portugal. Right, because did you say you say he almost have won in a year? Surely he must. Okay, Portugal, Portugal. Nope. I'm going Portugal. Incorrect. What is it? Brazil? No. Italy? No. Germany. I put Germany up, but Holland's also tied with them. But um, Germany. I put Germany up, so that was one of your options. But yeah. What is Ronaldo? Ronaldo? Oh, because okay, they so have Maradona. six. Six. So Argentina had the most with eight. Then Germany and Holland are tied with seven. Then uh, France, Portugal are tied for third. And then Brazil has five. Oh, you know why I said Portugal? Because I thought you said Argentina had seven, not eight. And I knew, I knew that Ronaldo had five. Uh, what does he have, six? Yeah. So I, that's why I said six. Because I was like, oh, like it, it'll be one less. Oh, I didn't know you said eight. If I had... Oh. Yeah. Well, and well, I mean, you tested me. I think we're about low percentages, both of us. So that's really well. Um, great conversation, Ben. I mean, it's good to um, jam pack for you again. I mean, it's good to hear from you as always. But you could guys check us out as we will continue to analyze the world of football uh, and talk about the return of Ricky Pooch to the MLS and finally arriving here and much more here on our podcast. Um, you guys could tune in on Spotify and also you can listen to the latest episode that we have as a bonus episode with a conversation with ESPN and Sirius XM host Yannick Mahalik talking about La Liga preview and Liga Mackeys versus MLS. Ben, it's a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, it's a great time, and everyone listening, get ready because I will be meeting Ricky Push and sending him, airdropping him the link to this episode where I absolutely slander him. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon.